Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Francisco L. Borges and the Melville Charitable Trust. Faith here with a welcome toast. It was Dave Barry who said, remember when you were a child and your mom wouldn't let you leave the dinner table until you ate all your Brussels sprouts. And so you took your fork and you mashed them into smaller and smaller pieces in hopes of eventually reducing them to individual Brussels sprout molecules that would be absorbed into the atmosphere and disappear. Please feel free to consume this show podcast in small bites or eat the whole thing. I got that sunshine in my pocket, got that good soul in my feet, I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. It's great to have you joining the party on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze, the place to eat, drink, and be merry. Oh, do we have a show lined up for you? Because we have Clancy Miller, and wow, is she good. She's done a book called Cooking Solo, and it's for people who end up being singletons, whether by choice or not. You know, if you've got a busy family and you somehow are eating by yourself, or you are single, great. You can blow up any of these recipes, you know, double, triple, quadruple if you're having people over, but she is great in terms of her taste in ingredients and has worked at some of the best places in Paris and has been trained at Le Cordon Bleu, worked at the legendary restaurant Taivant. Oh my God, she is really something. We're going to be talking with her later on. Her polenta, it was so incredible with Parmigiano Reggiano and it's the easiest thing to make, as easy as making rice, Mm. seriously. Okay, here we go. My treasured food buddies are here. Senior contributors, Robin Doyen Aiken, who's also senior producer, Chris Brosberry, Metro Beast Restaurant, Alex Province, wine broker in Hartford. Hey, everybody. Hey. 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 All right, let's do Hello. this. We are still getting the harvest from the markets. Oh, yeah. oh, I yeah. am still eating the last of the yep. corn. Tomatoes. You know, salads. You know, you just have had every salad through the summer, right? Yeah. So I want to toss out a salad that I think is a great idea. This is inspired by something I saw in uh, Bon Appetit magazine. I just think you don't even need the recipe for this because here's what I want you to think of. You're just simply going to either steam, microwave, boil, whatever you do with corn. Chop it off the cob. Just take a knife, boom, 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 down all the sides into a bowl. And then toss in some toasted hazelnut nuts, a little pecorino cheese, and mint. Us the four Have things a, you need. I don't no. care how much of anything you, you do. Need. I could give you a, a specific recipe. It's ridiculous. Very Moroccan. The corn, toasted hazelnuts, pecorino cheese. You can get it absolutely anywhere. Italian. You grate it in and chopped up mint. Just toss, toss, toss. And you can do a vinaigrette and maybe a little squeeze of fresh orange Ooh, juice in there. That's what I'm taking from the Bon Appetit recipe, the fresh orange mm. juice. It has that crispiness, it has the cheesiness, it has the mint playing off everything, and that sweet corn that is still with us. Is this a side dish? 
Yep. I, this would Spoon, be. Please. I could eat this for dinner. <laughs> I really could. Yeah. I mean, Agreed. it's a beautiful salad to bring yeah. out for people. But I certainly could have it for a whole. Do you dinner. chill it a little bit in the refrigerator and make it refreshing? You could. Yeah. I, you know, like at room temperature, but it doesn't matter. I Whatever love you chopped like. salads, especially when you're right in the season, right, and you have stuff still coming. It's too hot to eat. Yeah, just chop up everything, throw it in a bowl. Even if you toss it with like a store bought dressing, it doesn't matter. It's just so tasty. Yeah, it is. And we Tomatoes, talk- cucumbers, zucchini, whatever it is, kohlrabi, whatever. It doesn't matter. Just chop it up, put it in a bowl, dress it. Collect yeah. of olive oil, and salt, pepper. Exactly. Mm. Remember, and you can either do fresh lemon juice on it or you can do some kind of vinegar that you like. Remember last time. So if you want to go to our site, you can see last time we tell you how to use fresh market vegetables to preserve them and use them all winter long. So that's foodschmooze.org. So want to do some food tips because I always think this is fun. We cruise around and we we look at all kinds of things to come up with ideas. I also, in that process, stumbled on a recipe for, I love grits. I'm just Ooh. crazy about grits. For it's breakfast? Really, uh, for anything, any reason, <laughs> any time. Lemon, garlic, shrimp, and grits. Yeah. Shrimp now and that's grits. a real, it's a kind of plate on a southern thing. Yeah. I've had grits in Charleston in every way imaginable, but this, I think this is a wonderful thing. We're going to get to that in just a little bit. Okay, tips in the kitchen. If you have, I've been using a spiralizer quite a lot to take fresh vegetables and do pretend noodles so they're not having too much Mm. pasta because I could eat it every single day. Uh, Chris, you got any kind of kitchen tip? You know what you're saying with your spiral? You know what mine is? I have this little Japanese mandolin. And you can get it in, like, some stores or online. It's, like, $12. Mm. And it's very inexpensive. Is it tan? Yeah, it's like tan. An yeah, it's yeah. an off-white tan. It's the same one. See, that's so and much better is, than the expensive yeah, one. And, and it's almost disposable at $12, $13, yeah. right? When you're done with it, you just chuck it. And I'm telling you, you can do julienne. It has a bigger one. Or when I'm just slicing things, like if I want to slice some red onion to put on top of a tomato salad oh. and I want it paper thin, you can adjust this thing down to where you slice and you can see through. Chris, that is so Mm, fantastic. Do you know this, Alex and Robin, when you, if you have a fancy mandolin, and they can cost up to $300. Mm. The stainless steel kind. Oh, yes, with the 4,000 blades and all this business. That's all well and good. The cleaning of that thing is so outrageous that it, it's like another job. And so with this twelve dollar model, in the dishwasher. it's just like <laughs> it really does. It's like you just really chuck fantastic. it in the dishwasher. And you're you know, done. Matt has his, Matt went to high school in the Dominican Republic and, and bought one of those because they make is it plantanitos or the the fried plantains? Oh sure, yeah, they love oh. you know, yeah. and it, it sounds yeah. like it's like an off white, sort yeah. of like cheap but it, flimsy thing. But it works. Yeah, he loves it. That's yeah. like the dessert potato chip. Isn't it plantains, fried mm-hmm. plantains? Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Does it have brown sugar? sugar it's butter. sort of like mm-hmm. starchy, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. So one of the things I love to do, and this comes from Marie Quiello, Rose Quiello's late mother. She made the best lasagna I've ever had in my life, and always, mm. it really, it was an eggplant parmesan. But you would use Chris's twelve dollar mandolin. And take an eggplant and slice it paper thin. Most people slice the the slices very, and of course, Rose's mother did it by hand with a knife. And she could go chop, 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 chop and do it paper thin. I can't. Mm -hmm. So if you use this inexpensive mandolin, slice, 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 and it's paper thin. 
you put olive oil in the bottom of a baking dish, and then you put a layer, overlapping layer of these paper-thin eggplant slices, then a little grated cheese. She would sometimes put uh, meat in her tomato mm, sauce, yeah. but, you know, the tomato Sausage. sauce, and now another layer, but not globs as we do in the American version of mozzarella. She would do Parmigiano-Reggiano or some other cheese, just grated layer by layer by layer by layer, and then sauce and cheese on the top, and that was it. So she would make a sauce, sometimes with meat, sometimes not, and it was, hands down, the best eggplant lasagna I've ever had in my life, or any kind of lasagna. It was incredible. There was no bechamel. There was no... Anything like that. It's called the Ben Rinner. Where's it from? Mandolin. So it, it, was, it really Japanese. is Japanese. Yeah. How it's do you the spell Ben it, Rinner. B E N R I N E R. Japanese mandolin. And it goes, I'm looking on eBay, it goes anywhere from like $15 to $25. Okay. And it's the best thing you'd ever buy. It's very small. Like I said, it's dishwasher safe. Mm. Fantastic. It's a great little kitchen tool. And do you put the blades in the dishwasher too? Yeah, you can. We do, sure. yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, All you right. You know what we've been doing is taking. Um, part cooking chicken ahead of time so we cook it your way chris like low and slow mm-hmm. forever sure. so we'll like we're starting to make like two or three dinners at a time so we'll be cooking tonight's dinner and then we'll be par cooking chicken and yeah. then put that in ziploc bags and next night you know some barbecue sauce or something or bring it down to the boat and you know once you're cooking you get into the mood you know you just cook three dinners it yeah. takes about the same amount of time clean up is identical yeah. You're I try to teach to that my. I'm just I, looking. Yeah, I try to teach my kid that Robin? too. Is you you cook once, I, eat wait, twice. Wait, I have to find out. Yeah, I mean, look, you too are looking with astonishment. Well, I, I was thinking that that's almost as good as in Rachel Ray this month. There's a story about cooking for like one day for an entire month. So that wow. that's sort of like get the what? freezer full and you don't yes. have to go back in the kitchen. Everything's seriously. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I'm totally. Wow. In. I thought yeah. that was quite the challenge. I'm just baffled because you have not? to be like I'm, part squirrel. Yeah, I'm, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, and organized. Boy, do you have to be right and I'm plan just it bury out. This meat meal over here. God. I know. <laughs> most people. Make... Yeah, most I like people have a hard squirrel. time <laughs> cooking on the weekends for uh, the week, uh, and here's this idea of cooking, you know, Three complete with a shopping and list and everything. After work. I'm just yeah. baffled. I'm staring at you with my jaw hanging on the <laughs> floor. Know. It's just like, oh, wow, that is fantastic. Yeah, you know what? I was just thinking, you know what I've been doing is cooking in a rice cooker. Do you have a rice cooker? I used to. I, the I best gave it oatmeal. Away. I've been actually making know dinner. What to do with I've it. been making dinners in it. I just you looked have? at it the other day and I was like, you what know what? You Why couldn't you make dinner in this thing? It goes up to a pretty high temperature if it simmers water to make rice. So just the other day, I wanted to do burritos for family meal. That's our staff meal in the restaurant. And I took a bowl. And in the bowl, I put a cup of rice, two cups of water. So there's my base. And then I went to my pantry and I grabbed a small can of black beans, drained them, threw them in there. I took a can of uh, tomatoes and I threw them in there. It's, again, it's all in a bowl, right? And then I seasoned it with salt, pepper, cumin, chili powder, fresh cilantro and I chopped up a jalapeno and I got in there with a spoon mixed it all up I threw it in my rice cooker with the uncooked rice everything all the water the rice the beans everything oh and I put chicken in it too I chopped up some chicken breast and threw that in there too slapped the lid on and then hit it to cook and I walked away and then 15 minutes I came back I took it I popped it took out the insert dumped it in a bowl fluffed it all up and then we stuffed burritos and cheese with cheese and that filling and threw them in the oven (gasps) oh And then we were just eating it 
out of the bowl with a spoon, and it was amazing. And it took 15, really? 15 20 minutes. Really? You treated it like a finish. slow, an instant slow cooker. Like an instant slow cooker. A fast but, yeah, cooker. fast cooker almost. Yeah, like a fast cooker. A less slow cooker. And then I started thinking about all the other one pot meals that you could chuck in there. And you could even have it in your refrigerator, uncooked. And then when you came home, put that insert in there, close the lid, hit it to cook, go take your shower, come back downstairs, so, and dinner's ready. So essentially, this is the you can go to any Asian market and buy that three-level steamer basket for, what, $6 or something. Essentially, you're steaming this food, right? Mm -hmm. And it's either cooking or reheating what's already in there. And it's amazing. So I'm looking at this as a pretty cool new toy. Chris, that is so smart. And I'm going to do salmon in it. I'm going to do some more chickens in it. And I'm going to come up with a How do you know how long to cook? It shuts off. At the perfect time because it's a weight trigger. Have you, you know how they work? Oh. So basically when you cook rice in it, when the water evaporates out, it gets lighter and it lifts up. And oh. when that happens, it switches it to keep warm, which is great too because even if you're not around, it'll stay on keep warm for hours. And that keeps it at a safe temperature. So our friend Joe wow. makes his yeah. like right. Irish oatmeal. He swears by it. Perfect. I think he sets in the it rice in the yeah. rice cooker. I think he sets yeah. it the night before or something yeah, sure. and wakes up oh. right yeah, early. Because you can do done. that in a slow cooker, yeah. but I see. He swears by it. And a slow it. cooker keeps it warm through the night. Mm-hmm. But well, this was not. the same thing. Right? Oh, yeah. Same it does? Thing. It switches automatically to warm. Is it cheaper than a slow cooker or uh, more expensive? About the same. Okay. I just so, like it too because if you like pressure cooking, which I love, yeah. right? That's my new thing. It has an element to that, even though the lid isn't like tight, tight, and steam does escape. It is like under a slight amount of pressure because there's a little valve that lets steam out, but not a hundred percent, right? It just goes out slowly, so yeah. it is under a light pressure almost. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty. Okay. Cool. How about uh, lobster rolls? So here we are in the oh, food news, and we know we have Clancy Miller is going to join us in our third segment, cooking solo. We're going to talk about lemon garlic shrimp and grits too in mm. our next segment. But what about the end of season lobster rolls? While the season is still with us, it's still warm enough to jump in the car. Has anybody had lobster roll they really enjoyed this summer in a particular oh. place? Oh, I made my own. Well, you I made the too. shrimp ones were great. And that shrimp yeah, those, one, that recipe you gave me. That they was were really too. fun. For me, it's uh, sitting out with my friend Bob and Alan at Johnny Ads on a picnic table and in Old Saber. Yeah. yeah. I like the one in Clinton at the dock, too. I mean, does it get any better than that? Like a rustic picnic table outside and... Got to do one, some... at least one a summer. And it's not technically over yet, is it? Really? No, right. Even though school started and stuff, you can still seafood sit gets out better. There. Seafood gets better in the colder months. I mean, right, I think true. it's sort of like this notion that seafood's only for the summer, but in Europe, and like particularly in Spain, seafood is like a Christmas thing. I went to Abbott's with a oh, bunch of people, in the rough. Oh, yeah. in, the rough in knowing Connecticut. Yeah. I hadn't been there in quite a while. And we were in a crowd of people, some of whom were gluten free, and they now serve gluten free buns. And really? so. I will say when you do a business like that, it's huge. And yeah. so I fully expected that the hot lobster roll was going to come out and it was going to be tough. Yeah, yeah. And you just say, oh, yeah. whatever. I'm in it for the butter and the lemon. It was perfectly steamed. It really was. You don't I get have to, to be say. an institution like that unless you It do, was right? really right? good. That place has oh, been there good. forever. 
And it's a, such a gorgeous setting. Uh, yeah. Rustic but funky. And, yeah. Right? So is anyone else crabbing? Did you guys go crabbing this summer? I, we didn't. No. I wanted to do crabs and try and make so a crab sauce. So much fun. Did, yeah. Oh I, I know you did it. I've seen some we, pictures online. Yeah. We got pretty crab. good at it. We ended up catching, you know, so the blue crabs are around and they're coming down the river in Essex. And What did you use for bait? Well, we used bunker. So like a fish. So it's funny because the And is people, it a trap? Like a lobster no, trap? No. no. So people will use chicken or people yeah. use hot dogs. But the bait. You know, the fish place was like, no, they don't eat chicken. They, you know, they do eat, yeah. I guess. If they you've do eat in. chicken. <laughs> but I can they, testify. Like they eat fish, I think they eat know. anything. They well, eat chicken they're, legs. They're I can scavengers. Tell you. Yeah, so they eat anything. <laughs> So the first night we went out with a spotlight in the dinghy with a net, and that was like proved to be pretty difficult. They <laughs> scuttle what's the best, away. What's the best yeah. way to get them? Then? So you throw it's a string with a yeah. little uh, hook on it. Yeah. You put the fish or whatever yeah, hot dog, whatever. and then you slowly bring the the uh, string in. As they follow it. As no, they hold on oh, to they it. Hold they on won't to let it go. They think you're stealing their food. <laughs> And then you scoop them down with a oh, net. And then, nice. you know, we were catching yep. two at a time. And uh, they're wonderful. I don't know if yeah. you could. Uh, oh, yeah. And then, then how you do you cook them? How do you, how do you do that? So we ended up buying the Zatarans, you know, stuff from the south. It's, yeah. it's salt, paprika. Yeah. yeah. And then you can put them in a big pot with a beer, some apple cider did vinegar. You clean them? No. We, you know, we, we just did it rough stuff. Rough, yeah, rustic. <laughs> just, no, it was so much fun. And we did that with a couple of lobsters. Oh, yeah, Some fresh fun, corn. Huh? You snap in half. Yeah, I saw oof, your pictures. Oof, really, oof. really great. We had them We had them on our Facebook site. Really, really fun. There is nothing like that flavor in a red sauce, that blue crab flavor. Wow. And like an Italian sauce? Oh, yeah. Oh, it is really out, just. chili pepper flake. Amazing. Okay. Remember, we're going to talk about cooking. Solo with Clancy Miller, and also we're going to talk about lemon, garlic, shrimp, and grits, and so much more. We got lots of kitchen tips for you that are going to make you smarter in the kitchen. More mouthwatering conversation and fun ahead on the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. I hope you'll make, I really do, a charitable contribution to feed the hungry. We're online now at foodschmooze.org, and we'll be right back. Okay, hope that first bite of the food schmooze felt like a hot biscuit with butter coming your way. Feel free to tell your food-loving friends worldwide they can enjoy the show and our online site at foodschmooze.org. Here's your second bite. We 
have a free podcast for you. What does that mean? You know, even if you don't do this, you probably are used to hearing me say this. It's just something I feel compelled to pass along because, you know, it is great to hear the show live and in the car and it's all fantastic that way in the house as you're doing whatever you're doing. But life is crazy and we got a lot of things going on. And so people get the podcast so you can click on it and listen anytime you want. You don't miss a drop of pleasure that way, our tips, our recipes. All you have to do to get that free podcast is to sign up for it once. There's no trick with this, like, and then we'll send you 8,000 emails. It's free. No, it's just a thing. We just want you to get the show. So also, when you go to our site, you'll see we've got all these, I think, delicious, curated food, wine, and cocktail things, events. We love talking with you, so we encourage you, whether you get podcast or not, to stop by often and see us, talk with us at foodschmooze.org. I'm with my treasured food buddies, Chris Prosperi, chef and co-owner of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut, wine broker Alex Province of Hartford, and senior producer Robin Doyen Aiken, who's also a participant on the show. And I love to say, because I hope their heads swell up to the size oh. of Volkswagen, <laughs> I, that I adore these people. I absolutely, Aww. it Thanks, makes babe. my Thank day, you. my week, my life. It's just one of the best things in the world to do is to Aww. be around these folks. Well, for us too. Oh, so. Oh, thank you. So here we go. We're going to do some kitchen tips. I love these. You know how it works with us. We cruise around online all over the place. We check out blogs. We go to all the food magazines. We watch the food shows on television. We do everything. And we start pulling tips from here and there. I have to say that so often I find things in Cooks Illustrated. So here is one that I think is terrific. We're in the berry season still. People are using, going to start using the fall fruits to make these pies. We have mm. the holidays coming. And when you pre-bake a pie shell, they're always telling you to put you know, foil or something. or something to protect the pre-baked pie crust from burning when you're baking the filling. Oh. And so you're wrapping it with foil in it. Well, here's somebody writing in to say, my method is to cut out the center of a disposable aluminum foil pie plate. She cuts out the center, which leaves only that ring. Wow. And then. So smart. Is that the smartest? Oh, that's clever. See? Because they actually sell things you can buy, but this is is almost free. You have it. You have it because you got the pie shell, usually. And so she just cuts out that circle with a pair of scissors, flips it upside down, and it covers the pie shell that's already pre baked, and you don't want that to burn. So, okay, we all like that. How about you, cocktail makers? So, the last one I heard was making um, cocktails in a batch. I guess they used to do this in the old days. You would make, instead of making a single Manhattan, you would actually make a batch of them and put it in a bottle and store it. So, I read it in some magazine. Every day. Yeah. So say you have a group of people coming over, you make a, a pitcher of martinis or a pitcher of Manhattans, <laughs> yeah, you have it all ready up. to go. You know, the thought is you're spending time with your guests. All you have to do is get a, a glass with some ice cubes and pour and it in. And everyone's it's, is the same instead of you wow. get one that's too weak and yeah. one that's too hot. This is like, and, yeah, I like this that. Is like the, I'm, I'm just picturing, <laughs> based on our first segment where Alex and Matt were making days worth of meals in one <laughs> set. I'm now seeing like a week's worth of Manhattans made in the, in the fridge. <laughs> Four different cocktails in in these tall things in the yeah, fridge, all lined soon. up. Like, do you want a martini or pretty margarita? <laughs> 
Next thing we're going to hear is there's a straw attached yeah. to the pitcher in the refrigerator. You don't have to actually move from your chair. No, that is fabulous. I love cool. that idea. Yeah. I really do. I wonder how long it can stay in the fridge because spirits forever. keep a long time. Forever. Bourbon, yeah, certainly. Yeah. Bitters. Oh, yeah, forever. cherry juice. Okay. Forever. Well, here's a tip for a cocktail. This is a tip from somebody in Hawaii to Cook's Illustrated. Make a batch of cocktails. This woman's often making a batch. And she uses her fat separator. You know that plastic oh. measuring cup? She uses it for mixing and serving drinks. And what the fat separator does is strain the ice out just the way a cocktail shaker does because it has that rim. And so the liquid pours through the holes and the rim keeps the ice from going in. And so it's an instant cocktail shaker if you don't have yeah. one. One less I thing like to it. buy. Yeah, Exactly. All right, I have one. And this is a pretty cool one that I just recently discovered and it's making pasta and a quick sauce. Now, have you ever bought mozzarella cheese and it comes in the brine or that yeah. liquid? Yeah, sure. Everyone throws that liquid away, yep. including me. So the other day, this mozzarella season with salads and stuff, I actually tasted that liquid. Have you ever tasted it? It's like no. Salty, right? milky. Yeah, it's like milky, lightly Water. salty, lightly salty. So I was like, you know what? Why couldn't I, in a pinch, so I cooked some pasta, I drained the pasta out, and in that same oh. pot, I threw in a little bit of that liquid into the pot. Yeah. I chopped up some mozzarella and some grape tomatoes, threw back my pasta, and I was like, oh, my God, this is a great pasta. Oh, my God. Hmm. That's a fantastic okay. idea. And it works with feta cheese, too, <gasps> if, you like, yes. if you like strong. If you, so this yeah. is the mild version. And if you get your feta wow. in brine, cheese it works. Cheese brine pasta. Yeah, it is pretty cool stuff. I've been using fresh mozzarella probably for 25 years. I've never tasted that liquid. I never have. Sometimes I dump it before I even get the cheese out, right? You open the container yeah. and you go right down the drain. So next time, taste I it. Am. And then make a pasta out of it. It's you can do the cool. same with like the caper liquid, too. Same thing. Caper liquid's a little stronger, but you could add little bits yeah. of that. So is don't salt throw in that it? Salt. It's lightly salted. If you like it on the yeah, kicked no, up No, I'm version. just thinking if somebody's got to watch out for salt, don't. this is not a good idea. No, this right? is the one to use. Don't use the feta one because the feta one I found uh-huh. to be really salty. Really salty. <laughs> but okay. if you like that, like so I So I'm sure do. there's nutrition yeah. in there, too. Yeah, I'm sure some whey gets out, right? Oh, yeah, flavor. So that's a quick, I don't have sauce, I don't know what to eat, but I have cheese. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Okay, here's another one. You know when you have a bone-in cut? This goes with chicken. It can go with beef, whatever it is. A little Cornish hen. And I am hoping that my knives are sharp enough so like, I buy a rotisserie duck and then I'm plunging the knife into the center and I'm trying to cut it in half. And I'm stabbing the backbone on the duck, you know, or the breastbone, and I'm stabbing at it, trying to get my knife to go through. I'm often not strong enough. Well, here's somebody writing in to say that if you use the mallet, you know, where you take a piece of meat and put plastic wrap on it and pound the chicken breast or the cube steak or whatever it is, if you use that rubber mallet for those food purposes... You know, you put your knife right where you want it on, the say, the chicken breast with the bone in, and then you Tap. whack it whack. with the mallet. Bang, bang, bang. It goes straight through the bone, right in half, scored it right through the center. Where do you get a rotisserie duck? Oh, I, I go oh to gosh. this. Yeah. You, get, you, know, you get one too? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah. uh, Adong in West Hartford. In the oh, Elmwood there, section yeah, a lot of places. You can just shred it off the bone. Yeah. And oh, put God, it in a yeah. lot of Asian yeah. markets have mm-hmm. that. I just, I pull the, the skin off. I pull yeah. the meat right mm-hmm. off the thing. I chop it up and I make a salad yeah. 
And I do a kind of Asian dressing where I'll put sesame oil and soy and lime juice and chopped up mint and rice wine vinegar and sometimes a little pinch of sugar. And I mix it all up. And then I put the shredded duck meat on the salad with chopped scallions. Bang. Where have I been? The dressing. And in Dong, you can't miss it. The second you walk through the door, the door opens and you look to the left and they're hanging right there. Oh, they always yeah. have like three or four. Oh, my God, they're so good. Often, in some places, if, when they can get away with it, they'll charge you know, $18 for a duck. But in many other places, it's, markets, it's $9, $10. Mm-hmm. They're just fantastic. A lot of the Asian markets bring them in from New York because that's where they're doing them by the hundreds. Yeah, and I think Adon, too. I don't think they do their own. I yeah, they bring okay. They just reheat them. But boy, are they good. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. All right, I've got another one. And this one I said before, and I'm going to say this one again. And this one I can say hands down, and I know people aren't going to like me for it, but I'm going to say it again. Jarred garlic. Use jarred garlic. I am never never getting garlic under my fingernails again. Wait a minute. I tested. I chemically. You know what? Go ahead. Because we did. We did. No, no, no. no, Whole cloves. Whole whole cloves. We did. At the supermarket? At the supermarket. Little, I don't know. It's a little jar looking thing. I bought a jar, and one of my chefs said the same thing to me. You got to use fresh. Got to use fresh. I'm like, let's do it. It's easy to do. Let's just make a quick pasta with garlic. We'll make one in one pan, one in the other pan, and then we'll taste it. And you tell me which one has the fresh garlic and which one has the canned garlic. Okay. But you're a chef, though. Your hands are so fast. It I gets want... under your fingernails. I want to hear. Nobody away. knew. I want no to hear what tell. is in that stuff. That, Nothing. What, what's in the jar of the garlic? fresh garlic? To keep it from turning brown. I, I don't believe you. It's just garlic. <laughs> It's just garlic. Dude, it's no, got to have an antioxidant. There, no, there must garlic. be some kind no. of sodium. No, sometimes there's a. It, sometimes there's a, no, da, 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 da. no, no. Sometimes there's a. What, the, a lot of the do not eat. Yeah, the do, yeah, the do not eat packet. Sometimes you <laughs> find silicone? that in the, the silicone. Not to be consumed so, by not human beings. Ooh, but I'm telling you, listen. If you're like me, and maybe <laughs> I'm the only from one. Any substance on earth. <laughs> maybe I'm the only one, but when I peel garlic, it always oh, gets on under yeah. my fingernails. Yeah, that's why we have stainless and steel. That is torture to me for but, some reason. But oh, I grew up okay. with a Spanish mom who, for breakfast, takes beautiful toast and rubs a clove yes, of garlic onto the toast. With so, so try out the jar of garlic and tell me if it works. Okay. I'm just saying, you know what? They're for more expensive, everyone, maybe. For anyone Did you who tells look me at what's no, on the label? This just says garlic. Did you yes. look? Garlic. It, Do says I have to gar- it says ingredients. Garlic. 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 What's the liquid? There's no liquid. No, no, I'm not saying that. These are peeled cloves of garlic. In the supermarket. In the supermarket, in a jar, in a plastic jar. It has nothing in it except peeled There's cloves. There's no liquid. There's no liquid. Oh, it's just okay. Air. I'm just seeing the liquid. Yeah, one. no, no. I'm not saying by that. I'm not saying the chopped ones are the ones in liquid. No, no, no. None, none of that. I'm just saying these are peeled cloves Where of garlic. Where are you finding that? In, in the, the section. refrigerator? Protosection. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You'll see them. And it says it's, you're swearing? It's just garlic. You're swearing? 100%. Because you can, a little formaldehyde. No, there's, and, and like, <laughs> once I found a little one of those little packets, what are those things that, to get the moisture out? These are wow. just peeled okay. garlic cloves. It's, I'm telling you. Okay. Never peel garlic again. So <laughs> we, we learned 
on our, our recent show that the sell-by dates and the use-by dates for a lot of things are pretty crazy. And in for whatever reason, you can blow past a lot of them unless there is mold in your food and then out it goes. Mm. Cheese, of course, is okay because cheese is mold. And if there's mold on it, you just want to cut it <laughs> off because that means it's better. Okay, But everything else, if it has mold, throw yeah. it out. But the sell-by dates, the use-by dates are pretty crazy. New York Times story is what we're quoting. Okay, so when baking soda expires, here's a tip from Cook's Illustrated. A lot of people throw it out. I don't know if this applies to baking soda, whether you can blow past the date or not. So I'm not even going to get into that. But here's a woman writing in to say that she keeps that in a jar under her sink for every kind of cleaning task that she can come up with. Uh, there might be yeah. a spill in the oven, you know, when something bubbles over and you've got that yeah. crusty, you know, creepy thing down there. She just dumps on that baking soda yeah. to get rid of it. If she wants to get stains out of glassware, she uses that because it's excellent for that. If you take your glasses out of the dishwasher and they're marked with all those spots, so just a rinse with baking the box soda. you put in your fridge after it's done. Don't throw it away. Yeah, it's just been in there put, for four yeah, years. Yeah, which mine has. <laughs> yep. Just use it for cleaning. I've seen on websites where they give you tips for cleaning with baking soda. I use it to clean my microwave. See, yeah. Oh, put, what do you do? I put some baking soda in a glass bowl, mm-hmm. and I put an inch of water in there, enough to cover the baking soda. Yeah. You know, it's not a ton. Like a paste. Yeah, and I put the bowl in the microwave, and then I put the microwave on for like two minutes, three minutes. I don't like the idea of using a cleaning product on the inside of my microwave. That's yeah. great. I like that. Yeah. So the baking soda, it cooks for a couple minutes in this water solution, and then I take a paper towel and run it on the inside of my microwave and it gets off all, all the yeah it gets yeah. off all the pasta like sauce that my kids cleaners. have stuck to it and everything <laughs> yeah. great idea yeah. okay so and, don't throw uh, away your baking soda yeah. okay Good now one. no here's everybody <laughs> i hate it when i have certain you know sh- running shoes and sneakers that are very important to me <laughs> I like them either for fit or design. Like the Italian ones, it's right? Like my, my ones from Italy. So if the white part of the sole gets, you know, any dirt on it, I'm yeah. just really upset. So I have a, a cleaning toothbrush under the sink. I take the baking soda and put a little water in a bowl and I make a paste and I get my my cleaning toothbrush and I brush the white soles on sneakers to make them look new again. And, and they works. do. And then I just rinse the sole part and it works. So and if you, you over- have design sneakers, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, and it gets a little <laughs> scuff mark on them or guess, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm envisioning yes. overnight guests are like, oh, don't worry. I found a toothbrush. <laughs> yeah. I found it in the kitchen. kitchen. <laughs> Never well, use bake, a look, toothbrush bake, that you find yeah. under the sink. No, don't they make, don't they make toothpaste out of baking soda? Oh, it tastes Italian. <laughs> yes, they do. They no, do. They it's a good It's really the abrasion. Oh, you should brush your teeth with baking soda. Maybe it works. It's okay. Have no enamel left, but. (laughs) I know. All right. Um, So, anyway, I'm trying to get you to make lemon, garlic, shrimp, and grits, uh, where you do instant grits and you grate in some Parmesan cheese, a little bit of butter. You've got the shrimp, a little bit of cayenne, and some lemon juice, and you kind of mix it all together. And it is 
absolutely so delicious. Mm. So you've got a cheesy lemony grit with shrimp in there. You toss it. You, you can just rest the shrimp on top if you want. It's just simple. You can kind of do it by instinct. You just make those instant grits. You can do this in a night that's inspired by Food Network magazine. I love grits. How I are, love shrimp. How are they different than polenta? So, Chris. It's the cut. It's the, the cut, same. It, coarser? It is the, yeah, it's a coarser. So basically when the mills are sized, yep. they do grits is the largest, then cornmeal is next, and then the finest is corn flour. So those are the three. And it's adjusted on the wheel? It's or adjusted on the, the wheel as huh. they crack ah, it. Ah, yeah. okay. What do we got? We've got Cooking Solo, and wow, is this woman something. Clancy Miller coming your way. We love the local. Please support your local food growers and food makers. And for on-demand podcast delivery of this show, Show every week and to find our curated food wine and cocktail recommendations our streaming videos we're always online at foodschmooze.org and we'll be right back have one more mouth-watering bite of the food schmooze coming up. Here's something great to know about. Sign up for the app called NPR One. Just download it from the iPhone App Store or your Android device. And once you do, you can set WNPR as your local station. Couldn't be easier. Download the free app NPR One and start listening. Let's party on. More food schmooze. This is the Food Schmooze Party, offering the richness of life and coming to you in Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and New York, including Westchester County, the east end of Long Island, and that, of course, means the Hamptons. The senior producer is Robin Doyen Aiken. And to hear the show on WNPR, it airs Thursdays at 3 and Saturdays at noon. Podcasts and our curated recommendations are always online at foodschmooze.org. Of course, you can talk with us on Facebook. Search Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. I am so excited about this guest. I am mm. so excited. This woman blows me away. And now let me tell you why. Because this is Clancy Miller. She is a writer. She is a pastry chef. Loves all things French. Listen to her background. She graduates from Columbia University. Works in international development in French Polynesia. Then earns a patisserie diploma at Le Cordon Bleu in Paris. Then stays in Paris. She's no fool. To apprentice in the pastry kitchen at one of the greatest restaurants ever in Paris, which is Talavant. She's then hired later by Le Cordon Bleu Paris to join the recipe development team there. She's been featured on the Food Network, and on and on she goes, and has done something with this book. It's on our website with three of her recipes from the book that we especially like. This is called Cooking Solo, about the joy of cooking for yourself. Can you blow these up to include other people? Of course you can. But for many reasons, we're solo, right? Either you are not in a relationship with someone or your family is so busy that you end up sitting there cooking just for yourself. So Clancy, recognizing that, said, let's do something with that idea. And I just think it is absolutely terrific. Clancy Miller, welcome to the Food Schmooze. 
Thank you so much for having me. We're going to jump right in for this. The second day salmon with linguine is a great idea. Because, you know, you don't eat all the salmon all the time, and you think, what am I going to do with it? Put some mayonnaise in there? (laughs) But no, this is a better idea. So what are you thinking with this? I had a, a good friend of mine visiting from Paris. She was so kind. She wanted to be a good guest and would whip up a meal every now and again. And I happened to have made salmon the night before and I had some creme fraiche and she just went out and bought dill and whipped something up out of it and I loved it. I happen to love capers so Mm -hmm. when I was making it for myself I added capers and dill and the great thing about the creme fraiche is it's like an automatic cream sauce. It liquefies pretty easily and it's just a great way to use your leftovers and have a really lovely meal. Chris, how do we describe what creme fraiche is? People are always baffled by this. It's like a cross between cream cheese. (laughs) I mean, sorry. It's like a cross between sour cream and whipped cream, right? Would you say? I I always say it's interchangeable with sour cream. It has a slightly different taste and texture profile, but it's pretty close. So if you don't have it, I'll say Clancy what the ingredients are and then you just tell us how easily this comes together water and salt and linguine and cooked flaked salmon, fresh squeezed lemon juice, chopped fresh dill, creme fraiche or sour cream, extra virgin olive oil, capers that you definitely want to rinse, and some fresh ground black pepper. So, after cooking ling- linguine, how are you making the sauce? It's pretty simple. You're going to drain the pasta and then add the salmon, the dill that you've already chopped, the creme fraiche, and the olive oil, and just a tiny bit of salt, just a grind of the fresh black pepper, and you toss it. I always like to taste it before I sit down to eat to Mm -hmm. see if I need to add any more salt or pepper, and that's it. Wonderful. Mm. And of course, if you're gluten-free, there are a million gluten-free pastas. We especially love the Jovial brand, and we don't say that because we're commercial. We say it because our job is to curate for you, and when we find something really terrific, we like to tell you about it. So that's on our website, foodschmooze.org. So when you're at the market and you're getting some salmon, get a little bit extra. Exactly. You'll thank yourself. Yeah. Okay. Now we just made this. When I say we, that means Chris. (laughs) Chris made your recipe and I was knocked out by this. This also is at foodschmooze.org. Please, please, please make this. This is so good. Polenta with shiitake mushrooms. That sounds so simple. It sounds so almost uninteresting. It is so, her polenta is so delicious. Tell us how you do your polenta. Well, I would call it my secret ingredient here would be a tiny bit of truffle oil. Mm. You have the earthiness of the shiitake mushrooms, which I'm not a vegetarian, but I try to occasionally reduce my meat intake. And I just think mushrooms are a wonderful way to substitute meat. And they're very fast to cook. What's great about this is that you have the earthiness of the shiitake mushrooms. And I add just a hint of vinegar to a little yeah. bit of the polenta. There's also the poached egg on top, which adds <laughs> like a Yum. protein. Oh, yeah. A um, little bit of protein. And because it's poached, it's got this silky thing going. So what I like mm. about this dish is that you've got several textures. You've got the graininess, a little bit of the polenta, which is also creamy. And then you've got the meatiness of the shiitake mushrooms and then the velvety, silky poached egg on top. Right. And if you don't want to do a poached egg and you want to do something else for protein, you can do that too. Exactly. Um, it's just 
a wonderful polenta. And anybody, if you're scared of making polenta, can we just tell you, Clancy, say how, Chris, how easy this Oil is to water. make. Oil exactly. water. Oil water. Oil water, add polenta. Yeah. yeah, you just stir. Season. And that's it. It's thick, and it starts to pull away from the sides of the pan. It takes about 30 to 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's a little meditative. It's kind of lovely, and you're going to mm-hmm. whisk in a little of that truffle oil, and, and you're going to whisk in Parmigiano-Reggiano, and oh. that's what makes it so <laughs> good. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's rich without being something that will make you feel guilty. Yes, that's how we like to think here, too. Okay, so this is Clancy Miller, who has been schooled beyond belief in the best places and has done this book, a book I respect so much, Cooking Solo. It's in paperback, and it's about the joy of cooking for yourself, whether you're in a family and are left to your own devices on busy weeknights. Like me. (laughs) Yes, like our Robin and me. Where'd everybody Um, go? Hello. And Chris at home, believe it or not. That's at our website, foodschmooze.org. Let's turn to another one because I also want to know from you, Clancy, what it was like to work at Televant in Paris. This is an orange blossom almond cake. Who, as a single person, thinks, I'm going to make a cake for myself? I love that you did this. I love cakes probably more than anything else. (laughs) Um, There's a reason why I study pastry. I I have a definite sweet tooth. Uh So I was excited about every recipe in this cookbook, but probably doubly so about every dessert. Wow. So orange blossom almond cake. I'm not a baker. I freely admit that, and I'm scared to death of baking. But when I was looking at your recipe, I thought, oh, I can do this. And I love that it had almond flour in it and, in addition, a gluten-free flour for people who are gluten-free. Exactly. I think almond flour is an ideal flour to use if you are either getting rid of gluten entirely from your diet or, in this case, I mix it. It's kind of half almond flour, half. Mm. if you'd like gluten-free flour. And it just adds a great texture. I was going to say, it's like a body. Absolutely. It's like cornbread kind of texture, a little heavy on toward the heaviness. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. The heaviness, it feels substantial in a really good way. Let me just run through the ingredients so you can get a feel for this as you listen. We know you haven't seen this recipe yet, most of you. So butter and sugar and eggs, whole milk, Orange blossom water, where do we get that? At the health food store, I know for sure. Health food stores, I've been able to find it at Whole Foods. Mm -hmm. Um, You can find it at gourmet stores, any place that has Middle Eastern products. Yeah, and it does make a difference. Uh, Vanilla extract, the almond flour, which you can now get everywhere, gluten-free flour, and baking powder, salt, creme fraiche or sour cream, fresh raspberries, two oranges cut into rounds and a little confectioner sugar for dusting. And you get this heavy body, beautiful orange blossom almond cake. And it is gluten-free. And I just think that's terrific. And we have that at our website, foodschmooze.org. By the way, with the holidays, you know, not so far away, it turns out. If you're looking for something that pleases everybody and is not 
bang you over the head heavy because you've just been through a really big meal at the holidays and it has a kind of light and fresh feeling to it, this will be, we are going to put this as part of our Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, New Year's kit, (laughs) Orange Blossom Almond Cake, and we'll tell you about the book there too, Cooking Solo with Clancy Miller. Great job, Clancy. Thank you. All right. So for people who don't know, Talavant is one of the oldest and most revered restaurants in all of Paris. It has a stunning wine list. Every dish that comes out of the kitchen is just bring you to your knees. I mean, it is as close to perfection in classic French as you can get. So what was that like? Were you in on the, you know, peel 100,000 pounds of potatoes and don't say a word about it? Was that your where you walked in? I was actually in the pastry kitchen there, so I didn't Mm. have to deal with potatoes. I dealt with a lot of chocolate. I used to have to dice the fruit. At the time, we used to serve a fruit minestrone, so it had kiwi and strawberry, almost any kind of fruit you can imagine, cut into the most minuscule dice, just a step Mm. up from being minced. So that was my first task of the day, to prepare that for the lunch menu. But it was magnificent. It's a beautiful, beautiful restaurant. Oh, and it, it is. It kind of made me stand tall every time I would walk through those doors. Oh. And I could not have asked for a more magical experience and a better follow-up to what I learned at Le Cordon Bleu. The pastry chef was really, he was actually really kind and funny, but just superb at mm. creating beautiful, beautiful oh. desserts and beautiful mignardise. Is little. It- is it possible to get a reservation? Oh, yeah, it's possible. I mean, it's the kind of place you it's best to call in advance, you know, maybe two to three weeks. <laughs> two to three years. <laughs> or, yeah, exactly, or maybe two to three months. Um, but it, here's a tip. Lunch is always easier oh, good. to get oh. into. So and, yeah. and are the main chefs working at lunch? Well, this, this place yeah. cannot fail. They cannot just put on some second string and say, oh, you know, it's really dinner. They just can't get away with that at Talamont. So was the kitchen? quiet or was there a lot of running around and you know yelling at people and what was that like it was mostly quiet I think the thing that struck me first is that you know I had had a little bit of restaurant experience in the states and there would at least be radios playing or something Mm -hmm. that was not the case at Taiwan there was no radio you weren't expected to talk a lot everybody just kind of had to keep their heads down and do their work. But, you know, as the day went on, there would be conversations, but never anything too boisterous. The yelling would happen during service if somebody messed up, Mm. and that did happen. I mean, messing up, not in some gigantic way, but just you have to keep up a level of perfection, and if you diverge from that a little bit, you will be yelled at. I think everybody probably got yelled at at least once. I probably got yelled at once or twice, but the chef was really nice, actually. He just wanted you to get it right. So restaurant staff often get fed food that is different from the main menu, though some restaurants will say, we want you to taste the main menu so that when it's being explained, this is for the wait staff, you know exactly what this is like. What did you have? Did you have staff meal? We did have staff meals. It was definitely different from the menu. Um, (laughs) It was pretty good. It wasn't outstanding. It did not approach anything that people would eat in the restaurant as right. What was it like, pasta or? A lot of pasta, occasionally pasta and maybe some kind of meat. 
There would be cheese. There were baguettes always. We also had wine sometimes. It was very simple. Nothing, frankly, to write home about. It was the quick and easy food because it's not like we were given a large amount of time to kind of have a leisurely meal. (laughs) Yeah. So what are you doing now in your life that is the most enjoyable thing of all the things you do? Well, it's been incredibly enjoyable just seeing this cookbook come to fruition. So I'm working on ideas for my next cookbook, which will probably be more dessert related. So promoting this cookbook has been incredibly fun. And I wear another hat as a writer in fundraising. But I have to say, I really love coming up with recipes. It's always fun for me to develop the next bunch of recipes. The book is called Cooking Solo. What a fabulous idea that you have in this book. Cornbread waffles with jalapenos and sun-dried tomatoes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That is so, so good. I'm so glad you like it. Great to talk to you. I hope you'll be a guest on the show again. Thank you so much. Great talking to you. Yeah, you're, you're great. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. Uh, recipes again, foodschmooze.org. We're on WNPR Thursdays at 3 and Saturdays at noon. Weekdays, listen for my 60-second food schmoozes in New Haven. I'm Faith Middleton. This is the place to enjoy the richness of life. Sharing our local and national discoveries with you makes me want to get up in the morning. The gang and I hope you'll come back soon and often.